Tech impact. You know, technology has become so intertwined into our modern culture that it's quite honestly now, it's our culture to use technology. (laughs) I mean, to what exactly... When do we consider something cultural, right? I mean, there were uh, back in the day when you had certain cultures that smoked certain pipes that were literally entrenched into their culture and tradition. Um, Some cultures that used um, certain, you know, items to dig, specifically those items to carve on walls um, and to carve on trees. And they were entrenched into their culture, right? And we, in our modern 21st century culture use so much technology I mean one can make the argument that it's literally become our culture like you can actually go to let's say another planet and they say no you have to leave your your your, your devices at the door and you say no but this is my culture. I can't leave it at the door. Like wearing an Apple watch, has it become your culture? Like think about it, right? It's actually quite a fascinating question. I know that it sounds ridiculous. I know, I know, because it is a tool that you use. But so are some of the traditional and cultural things in our past. Like in my culture, I know that a lot of African cultures, we use we use this uh, little bowl. There's a cultural bowl that we use uh, to drink umkombo tea, uh, which is basically an alcohol beverage which we usually drink um, at, at traditional events right not remember not all traditional events uh, particularly within African cultures are evil or <laughs> whatever the case may be uh, I don't have really have the time to get into depth with those discussions but my point being that uh, bowl is a cultural bowl it was passed around by uncles around the table to share and in communion um, and to you know um, um, celebrate one another when they met so think about how we use our technology in the modern age like a tablet right you can pass a tablet around showing your friends a picture or the question then actually becomes like what um, 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 significant meaning does a piece of tech have to have for it to become part of your tradition, to be considered part of your tradition? Because I would argue that an Apple Watch and especially smartphones, like I really think there'd be little arguments that can be made against this, right? The fact that smartphones are part of our culture, at the very least part of our tradition and therefore part of our culture. Just a little food for thought, Just a little food for thought, which is why this segment is so important, because this is Tech Impact, where we talk about the impact that technology is having on us as a modern day civilization, right? Regardless of where you're from, like to what extent is technology helping you do your homework? To what extent is it helping you um, access your home and um, interact with other people and engage in relationships with them? Um, and, And how is that really affecting and influencing you and them? Now, where let's hear what you have to say, Mr. Shaw. Um, and then I'll be back because I have some pretty deep ones. And I think I'm going to be just a tad bit long winded um, with mine today, but I'll definitely try to keep within time. So let's take let's hear your take, Mr. Shaw. What do you have on your plate? Tech influence. We are discussing the things in technology that has some or other influence in your life. And some of it uh, does not actually have any influence in your life now, but hopefully will have any influence in your life in the not too distant future. Two things from my side that I've discovered recently that I find very, very interesting. Firstly, 
with regards to online shopping. I don't know if you remembered. I know I have discovered or spoken about it, but I want to share it with you again. Um, have a look at your online shopping specifically pertaining to the companies that deliver groceries. Now, I'm not favoring any one of them, but checkers or pick and pay both do groceries and they both do deliveries now why am i mentioning that that the mere reason that i mentioned that is the fact that they do deliveries now and they deliver at a fee that is sometimes in my specific case it's cheaper than what it would have cost me to go to the actual store I don't I don't stay that close to any one of the pick and pays or checkers and their delivery fee is still reasonable. If the delivery fee fee is thirty bucks, think of what is petrol costing you nowadays and see if it won't be worth your while to get your groceries delivered. I know they're going to charge you an X amount if they if you want to add certain things to the groceries, but overall I can really, really uh, encourage you to have a look at that. We need to find ways to see if we can save money in this modern days that we are living in with the fuel price being currently what it is it's not as cheap to go to shopping malls and to go to stores uh, like it was in the past the second thing that i want to share to you share with you this evening something that I, i've discovered recently um, and unfortunately it won't have an impact in your life but i'm just excited by the fact that it is coming there is a couple of engineering students at the Stellenbosch University that's developing electronic vehicles, right? So what they are doing is they, it's sort of, I don't want to say like Tesla, but it's sort of similar. But one of the products that they are currently developing is a electronic taxi, like literally like the Quantums and the high aces of the olden days, that type of thing. A multi-person, multi-person mover is the scientific term that they use for it. They're developing a multi-person mover. And this thing will charge throughout the night as well as during daytime when it's out in the sun. So it's got going to be solar powered as well as battery powered. And I just find this incredibly interesting. They've got... The, the the I listened to a radio interview and they've got copious amounts amounts of work and research still to do, but the hope to make this this development of them commercially viable by the end of this year, and that I find very exciting because I know that that would be so much easier for us to actually make use of public transport and the public transport being something totally different because all of a sudden we don't have to pay for the specific person or the owner of the taxi we don't have to pay his fuel levy right we don't have to pay for his fuel because his fuel would be supplied first of all by the sun second of all by the electricity that we are now they're developing this thing like massive so in other words not to the extent that when ESCOM is off, we won't have any taxis. They are making provisions for the fact that when there's load shedding, that the taxis will still be able to run. The taxis will still be able to function. I don't know if you know, but uh, I think they call it gener regenerative electricity from braking of regenerative braking electricity or something like that. What that means is as the brakes heat up when the vehicle is braking, that is then where they get their electricity from. That heats, literally from the heats of the braking as well um, of the actual movement of the brake. And I find that um, 
incredibly inspiring and interesting knowing that hopefully in the not too distant future we will make use of electronic taxis or e-vehicles in this beautiful country of ours. Jo, jo, jo. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Charles Dutoy. Uh, so, so much. Now, one thing I wanted to get into, right, um, there is quite honestly, especially when te- technology is concerned, there is so much to say and yet so little time. Um, so I, I recently came across something that um, mentioned the fact that Instagram is now making an effort to stop young people from being obsessed with certain topics. So, uh, for example, let's say maybe a young person is busy uh, consuming content on Instagram about losing weight and they're constantly um, consuming that content. Instagram is now trying to train its algorithms to spot and identify that because that creates obsessiveness, right? And then it will start to suggest other healthy content for you so that you don't obsess over this specific type of content. And I really love this approach. I really, really love with this this approach. Um, I was listening to Lou later on YouTube talk about how, uh, or just make the point that algorithms don't have any emotions they don't care about your well-being they do what they were told to do so if your child is on the internet and watching content that is leading them and further making their uh, their state of depression worse that is not something you would want your child to continue consuming but unfortunately it's very difficult for you to make your child stop Instagram altogether it's much easier to um, for Instagram on their side to control what content they get exposed to right so um, I know for example I get very traumatized when watching videos of uh, accidents on the internet of people being getting hurt or people being beaten or watching robberies I get very very traumatized I tend to not like watching people beat each other, malls being robbed or cops or someone being shot. I don't like watching such footage because it traumatizes me. And this ends up in my dreams and I end up getting nightmares. Um, and, and, and this is something, imagine how much more would this affect a 13-year-old or a 16-year-old, which, I mean, from 13 to 16, you're allowed to be legally, you're the legal age for using these social media platforms. Obviously, dip differs depending on what country you're in. But this is a very, very interesting conversation to have, right? And I'm very, very glad that Instagram is actually starting to take this approach because Instagram is at the forefront, unfortunately, at the forefront of um, um, platforms that are um, um, that young people are are, are are on and are leading them towards depression. Yeah, I think I phrased it correctly. So it's not that Instagram is intentionally causing young people to be depressed. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that young people uh, that use um, um, Instagram and other platforms like it, you, the research has found that those young people actually have more levels of depression, anxiety, and just mental issues. And that's something alarming. And it's very good and refreshing to now see that these platforms and these the guys that are behind the scenes are actually taking this so seriously that they're now even training their algorithms, finding healthy ways to suggest content that balances a person becoming too obsessed with something. I mean, I would even argue that it's really important for us to or or 
I would quite honestly argue that it's very important for Instagram to not only keep you away from content that is unhealthy, right? But to also actually regulate healthy content intentionally, even though you intentionally go and find that unhealthy content. Because unfortunately, that's something that Instagram cannot control or any platform for that matter. Like an algorithm cannot make you do something. It can suggest things. It can control your behavior. But that behavior is something you can change at any time by simply making a decision. It will not be easy when you're competing against against an algorithm, but it is behavior that you can change, right? Eventually, if you're serious enough, that's what Instagram cannot control. And I think it is also important for me to just voice that out. The fact that at the end of the day, these companies can do whatever they can with their algorithms, but ultimately you are the ult- you should be the ultimate master of your own behavior. Um, that's something we should always keep in mind. However, I love this initiative. I think it's going to save a lot of young people. Um, I think a a lot of young people's lives are just going to be healthier um, just based on what the content that is fed to them. Uh, Because I I know some young people, for example, young boys might watch videos of guys going to gym and getting buff and then they constantly feed themselves that content. The algorithm keeps showing it to them because it it sees that this is what you like. So it keeps feeding you that information and and that content. And unfortunately, you then become obsessive and you begin to think that every man in the world or most men in the world are pursuing those bodies because this is just the content that you're surrounded by unfortunately our minds are not as smart as we'd like to think they are this is sad news but it's true if you see something on tv and you turn on the tv and you're always seeing that thing you will begin to think that most people think that way simply by virtue of you seeing it on the internet all the time. And that's a very, very important thing to acknowledge, right? A very, very important thing to acknowledge, um, particularly because we, we overestimate the extent to which our minds are capable of separating reality from what we're seeing on TV. Like, you never stop to remind yourself, okay, wait, I'm seeing these statistics on TV. I'm seeing every channel I flip on and seeing that, okay, everyone is talking about this. But you never stop to ask yourself, wait, these news channels or reporters that I'm watching, aren't they all from the same city? Like, let's take South Africa, for example. How many influential news channels do you know that are not from Gauteng? Like, how many can you actually count? As a result, that means they themselves can be, I'm not saying that they are, but they can be very biased, right? Or if not biased, they will have limited information as to what's happening in other parts of South Africa, let alone the rest of Africa. So be very careful about what your your peripherals consume and what your 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 you 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 watch and what you see um and what you expose yourself to because that'll become your reality if you're listening to stuff that say all men are trash and no man is good and men don't deserve love then that's what you'll end up believing because that's the only content you're consuming and i love the fact that instagram is now beginning to try and control that so that the the information you consume is not unilateral right it's di- 
diverse and it sort of gives you a fair share of exposure, um, then even your conversations when you're speaking with other people will also be well balanced because you'll understand that there's two sides to every coin, right? In fact, technically, there's technically about three sides to every coin because you also have the middle of the coin, which in mathematics is technically still a side. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, mathematicians. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so there's technically three sides to every coin and you really don't want to sound like the master of every side uh, because some person might actually have better perspective of one side that you haven't yet had the side to examine. Um, and, and I really, really do love this approach. Another one. This one is a very deep one, right? I, I told you that I'm getting deep today. Um, Japan is making online insults punishable by one year in prison um, in the wake of a reality TV star dying over insults on the internet. Like, just think about that, guys. Um, insults on the internet are so, so serious that they can lead a person to being extremely depressed. And this is this also ties into what we just spoke about regarding Instagram, right? The fact that exposure, literally constantly feeding yourself the same thing, it affects your body, it affects you physically, emotionally, and 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 mentally. And this is something that happens to a lot of people where people go after them on the internet. You see, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, ah, given I've only gone after like three people or one person and I really didn't like what they did or what they said. And it was really, really bad and really wrong. You see, the unfortunate thing that you're not considering is how many people, how many other individuals did the exact same thing that you claim to have done to the very same person? Imagine in real life, right? Just picture this. Imagine you go to an event with, let's say, a thousand people and you see one person make a mistake and scratch someone's car. And then you come because you're, you, you don't see anyone else who saw this person. You come and you shout at this person and you scream at them and you call them names and you say, how dare you do something like this? And then you leave. And then another person comes and does the same thing. And another person. And then 300 people later. 500 people later, 700 people later, do you think this will not have an emotional influence and impact on this person? Do you not think that by the thousandth person that you would have given this person a punishment that is that is overbearing and that is not appropriate or worthy of the crime they actually committed? But unfortunately, with the internet, whenever we bash people and call them names or rebuke them, we're not keeping track of how many people did the same thing before we did. And that's what ends up leading people into um, situations of committing suicide. And that's what I really, really want us to be cautious of. Um, I want us to be very conscious of the fact that we are not the first and last person um, to rebuke someone on the internet. Uh, where we, want, we will not be the first and we will probably not be the last. Um, if it's a friend of yours, then it makes sense for you to rebuke them. But if it's a stranger that you don't know, like be very considerate, like look at the context, look at how many people have already rebuked them. But like coming back to this though, like this is quite deep, like Japan putting a, looking at putting a law that is punishable by one year served in prison for just online insults. I do think that we do need to control not what people say, but the extent at which people think 
they can say whatever they want on the internet and get away with it. I do think that does, does need to be checked. Whether it needs to be checked with a, uh, by putting in a law, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I do definitely think that there has to be some kind of repercussion for someone just insulting a person undeservingly. Um, I think no one should have that right. And yes, yes, blocking people is one of those instruments. I absolutely do agree. I, I'm a big believer in blocking people, <laughs> in blocking them from inboxing you, blocking them from commenting on your statuses. They can still see your comments, but I do believe that you should be able to keep them out of your site, out of your peripherals, um, and just not engage with them. If someone brings them up in real life, you tell them, you know what, I, if whatever they said about me, I don't care. I, I, I genuinely don't care. And I'd rather you didn't tell me right now yet another thing which is the sun is not as deep as the first two that i've shared um is that ford has just had their first ev recall which was a very very huge recall now before even getting into how bad it was i first want to explain what a recall is right um because i mean it's happened before with like the ford cougar for example oh snap i actually didn't realize that when i was researching this that this ford has had a relatively recent recall which was major with the ford cougar right um with the the current recall of the the ev um their evs which are basically electric vehicles um now a recall is basically when a company releases a product and that product en uh, uh, ends up being defective and in in some cases it's it tends to be it can be defective to a point of being detrimental dangerous or might even threaten your life like the Samsung Galaxy Galaxy S7 i believe it was um that you uh, the battery was exploding so some companies uh some products can be as dangerous as that so Ford had their uh, first recall of over 48 thousand um ev vehicles uh due to possible battery issues this is not good not good at all not good for the ev market because it's very new and a lot of people are skeptical uh, a lot of people are not interested in going into the ev market but forty-eight thousand vehicles is a lot especially for a new product that you're getting into but also, though, uh, this is something that companies prepare for. They know that this is a possibility because this is a new product that they're not yet used to. Um, it is something that they understand, they understood might happen. So I don't know what contingencies Ford might have, but the sad reality is that this is not only going to impact on Ford. This might also impact on Tesla, on Porsche, on whatever company is trying to go electrical. Um, I mean, Rivian, um, whatever company is trying to go electrical, this will definitely impact on them, especially on, on in the minds of the skeptics. Although I definitely don't see a a world where EVs do not dominate or at least become um, ubiquitous, live alongside our current uh, internal combustion vehicles, the ones that use petrol and, and um, uh, diesel. I do not foresee a future where that does not become our reality. Um, definitely giving you a lot to think about today. Uh, but yeah. 
um, that, that I'm going to leave it there because I feel like I've shared a handful and I've educated you on quite a few things and definitely got into what kind of an impact might these have on you.